Hey, Seam Siders. Wherever you are right now, I hope you're safe and warm, happy and healthy. And I got something special for you this week. As you may have heard, the Nook had their first in-person gathering recently. We called it a huddle. And during this gathering, I asked participants to step into this old wooden phone booth that just happened to be in the corner of one of the rooms of the house and record on a small digital handheld recorder some thoughts that they had about the weekend, about what it meant to spend that time together, to invest in their own creative self and practice. So what you're about to hear is a compilation of different voices from the first ever Nook Huddle. And if you're not familiar with what a huddle is, I suppose I should define the term because I remember the first time it occurred to me, it was just like, it was like a lightning bolt. If a lightning bolt could be more of like a lightning bug, because it was very warm and soft when that first idea, when the word huddle came to mind. I've been wanting for a while to get people together in real life because I love a virtual community. I'm so thankful for it. But at the same time, there's magic in getting together. I know that and you know that. And so it seemed to me that a place like the Nook was just right for some kind of magical alchemy to happen. And so I decided to start organizing an in-person retreat. But okay, confession, I've never actually been on a quilting retreat, so I didn't feel comfortable calling it by that word. So huddle it was. And we really doubled down on this whole huddle thing. Let me tell you. So we rented this big, beautiful house in upstate New York, right on the Hudson River in the little town of Catskill. And in order to keep the event as accessible to as many people as possible, we are asking people to, get this, share a bed. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Share a bed with uh, someone they've never met before. We set up on the Nook a huddle matchmaker where people could kind of post, you know, a little quilty classified ad saying, hey, you want to share a bed with me? And people began pairing up and we filled the house in less than 72 hours. It was incredible how fast it happened. So here we are, random quilters sharing beds together in this big, beautiful house we're potlucking, we're ordering delivery, we're going to the grocery store, we're cooking together. We're just having a blast. The quilt challenge that all the participants were tasked with over the course of the weekend was called a four corners quilt. We ask everybody to bring four things, a piece of new material, a piece of repurposed material, an unconventional material, and a notion or a bobble. And we left that category really wide open. When they got to the huddle house, Shan Reimer, the community moderator on the Nook, had this really great observation that the ping pong table in the game room was already divided into four corners. So it became our huddle four corner challenge table. We asked folks to sort out the materials they'd brought into one of the quadrants of the table. And then folks were asked to pick one thing from each category to make into a quilt over the weekend. That was it. There was no structured time other than a big pot of soup on the first night and a pizza party on the last night. We just really doubled down on enjoying one another's company. And I think you're going to hear that in the many stories you're about to hear. What you're about to hear is a collection of some really vulnerable stories, people sharing what's still challenging for them when it comes to textiles, but also really insightful stories, stories of transformation, stories that we got to witness those first moments of potential, of aha, 
which, you know, as artists, that's what we live for. So I hope you enjoy these stories from the huddle. And I hope you'll consider joining us one day for another huddle. But I'll be back at the end with more information about future huddles. For now, just sit back, relax, and let us tell you some stories. Hi, this is Shan. I remember walking into the Huddle House, uh, this gorgeous house on the Hudson River, and feeling nervous. Uh, there's going to be expectations, and were we going to be able to fulfill them? I wasn't quite sure, to be frank. And I remember the next night, I was walking around taking some video, and people were laughing and sharing their projects with one another and sewing and getting to know one another. And I remember people taking items off the table and saying, hey, this item I think would work for your project. And they would share that with one another. That was the beautiful sense of community that I had experienced online and now seeing it in person. Some of the highlights for me for the weekend was the trunk show where Zach brought out all these projects and I got to reach out and touch it with my own hands and experience the stitches and to hear the story as he was telling them and to watch everybody else do the same. Like They had their favorite piece that they wanted to reach out and touch. In that moment, it was like happiness. So this is Agneta from Norway. I'm standing here in the game room of the Huddle House trying to record a message and I'm looking at the yes more please quilt and I'm thinking about how nervous I was coming here thinking that I was not a quilter. I haven't done any quilts before. I don't know the vocabulary. I don't know the different quilts there is but I soon learned that I can do whatever I want that was a relief and someone said at some point in this weekend that we are quilters or something and I was thinking like am I a quilter now can I do quilts can I be one of them and I, I think I am I think I am a quilter and it's been a it's been a great experience I have been working with fabrics my whole life together with my grandma we were making things with her. We wasn't allowed to play in her workroom, but we could go there together with her if we were serious about making something. And that shaped the whole part of my life. And I think because of that, I know the amount of labor that goes into a garment. And within fast fashion, I know that when I don't pay the price for the clothing I'm wearing, someone else does and they do it with their health and their lives. That obviously shapes me and makes me think a little bit more. What else I should say about this? Um, more than being together here with all the other quilters, the other people who loves fabrics much as I do, has been a great experience. So thank you for getting this together. <laughs> this wasn't a part of the prompt, but I, I am happy I'm here. Hello, this is Paige. I'm at the Huddle. I'm sitting in an old telephone booth. And at first it felt weird, but then when I closed the door, it actually felt nice. So I'm going to go for this. We are recording some things that we've been 
asked to ponder on during this weekend. And it's funny because I actually end up thinking a lot about things <laughs> like those questions while I'm particularly handworking. One thing I've thought about is that I've had is you take all these objects and materials with different origins, different histories, and then you enter the scene and you see something in each of them that makes you want to put them next to each other. And when they resonate together, then you tie them together and now they're something entirely new. And I think there's something really beautiful and metaphorical about that. The thing I've been thinking about at this huddle is the idea of spending time with something that you're not sure about, just really persevering and committing and giving your energy and time, even when you don't know if it's right, even if you don't even think you like it, just continuing through and committing and giving time and trying and how we have to do that in life in so many ways. And I think that a quilt teaches us that lesson. But I think one of the people you've interviewed in the getting to know you section of the Nook said, go towards fun as like advice to beginners. And I think about that all the time. Um, and it's really become something of, like, I guess a mantra or something just to focus on it's fun. Like, why are we, like, what's the point of it? Just not to enjoy it. So have fun. Hi, this is Jason Pearson coming to you live from the inaugural Nook Huddle 2024. We are now on the second full day of the retreat. And I can say I have never in my life been around such a big group of supportive, creative, insightful people in my life. We are each different. We have different styles of sewing. We have different styles of creating, um, but everyone is so encouraging of each other. And it's really just a, a special thing. I've been thinking this weekend about fabric and how fabric seems like such a mundane thing in our lives. But then when you sit down and intentionally take little bits of fabric, thread and sew them down in specific ways. It's alchemy. It's magically transforming these mundane everyday objects into something that expresses you and what you're feeling at the moment. So that had definitely been brought home to me this weekend at the new cuddle. And um, I'm excited to see what I make and I'm excited to see what everyone else makes. Thanks a lot, Zach, for organizing this. This is Jackie. For me, working with textiles and cloth is sometimes like working with a tarot deck. I go into my stash with a single idea or intention and just instinctively pull the fabrics, mulling over a certain idea. At the huddle this weekend, I was working with the bees and I thought I was just working off of a theme of hominess and I wasn't really certain why, but the more I worked, the claw and worked with what I would pull from the big community pile. I found that I was pulling things from memory. And in the end, when I thought that I was just doing a simple beehive, I'd actually pulled on the inner hope that I could be with my mom that I lost three years ago and how much she would have loved being at a retreat like this and how we had planned to go to retreats like this, but never got the chance because she passed un unexpectedly. And as I kept pulling things and talking with other people and looking at the motifs that were coming through, I found my mother was with me the entire time. 
the beekeep was a constant theme in our lives. And I don't know that any of these things would have come to me without being in the whole hive mindset of the huddle, which is what I first pulled the beehive for, was that huddle hive mindset, the creative hive. But the further I got into it and the further all the creatives worked with me and the cloth worked with me, I found that I was really channeling what probably I had intended in the tarot in the beginning was that my mom could be with me on my first retreat. Hi, this is Lynn Laughlin at the Nook Cuddle. I think that there are so many things that sewing means to me and ways that I use it in my life, textiles, cloth, stitch. But I think the most important thing that it accomplishes is it makes me think and experience color, form, and texture without the messiness of the rest of my brain. And I also think that informs the way I experience time because I feel like sewing happens in real time and not chronological time. And I think women have used it mystically for, and men, for millennia as a way to get into a different space in time. This is Nicole West. Something I've been thinking a lot about lately is the way that working with cloth connects us to the past and the future. I've been carrying around my great-grandma's fabric stash in a tote for the past 25 years. I was lucky enough to be seen as the creative one when I was in college, and so I inherited her fabric stash. I recently made a quilt for my aunt who's going through some health challenges. And this aunt lives far away, so I made it as my way of sending a virtual hug across the miles. I included a little scrap of fabric and also a quilt block made by my great-grandma, who was a prolific quilter. She's no longer with us, but I found myself hoping that my aunt felt the love not just from me, but also from her grandma, Grace, who she spent a lot of time with. My great-grandma was born in 1890, and with all the wild ways her life and my life are so different, I feel a sense of connection to her and a big part of who she was in working with her cloth. My name is Patrick Taylor, and I am responding to... The idea of how I'd be different if I never started working with cloth. I come from a background in theater performance. I was a professional actor for 10 years. And so I'm, I was so used to doing everything the way it's supposed to be because the playwright has written the play and the lighting designer has constructed the lines and the prop mask and all of this all of these things and they fall into one evening of performance and it should be the same every night right to honor everyone involved but working with cloth has allowed me to realize that i enjoy making mistakes and then reversing them or embellishing them i was always really nervous about traditional art 
thinking I was doing something wrong. But then when I started working with cloth and textiles, I started realizing that there are so many possibilities. After I started working with textile and cloth, I realized that I would go out into the world and start seeing things differently. I've started seeing the world differently. I've started picking up on color, texture, weight, like everything. A lot more than I did when I was in theater performance. So allowing myself to, to take in my surroundings has been really lovely. And it has come from working with textiles and cloth and feeling everything. I've always been a very tactile person. So I've always loved to touch. And then I realized with sewing and fabric and quilting, you're always touching, you're always feeling. Uh, and I think that brings out a sense of awareness, uh, a sense of heightened awareness that I might not have had otherwise. Hello, this is Linnea Gutierrez. I'm being inspired by something I, I've been meditating on this weekend. What's most fresh in my mind is that I've been working on this Four Corners quilt. And my reflection is really that in my life, in the main roles I play or where I spend most of my time is in my family and at work. In both instances, I'm both the leader of a household and the leader of an organization. And so I'm very, or asked to be very decisive. And it's not that I don't struggle with those decisions, whether it's what are you going to make for dinner? Okay, I've got to have an answer and we got to keep moving. Or when are we going to send that email or the press release or whatever the thing is? And whether or not my answer is right, I'm the one that's looked to to make the decision. And so I think when I struggle with those decisions, it's often in retrospect and often in isolation. And so I got the opportunity to struggle with a problem through my quilt with someone else named Zach Foster. He was able to really lead me through this process, which but for the gift of kind of or the luxury of time to have the conversation and have someone else ask you the questions, it did feel really vulnerable to me because I, I typically, whether I'm secure or not, I'm making the decision either way. And him kind of leading me through a series of questions to really consider what the answer should be or could be and letting me or helping me play with the possibility with some something in terms of my practice that I want to translate back in those other roles that I play when I'm not working with cloth. So in the instance of my quilt, the words that I was trying to depict to or the sentiment that I was inspired by this passage were about connection and warmth and fullness. And I'm staring at my cloth and Zach's helping me realize that it felt so scattered and disconnected and not grounded or not tethered. And the, the problem I was solving for, or the problem I was trying to solve around, I was so committed to the this one piece, this one line or design that I led myself. I, I think I had led myself that there is no other conclusion but to scrap that whole concept. So if I never started kind of actually doing the work of cloth, so putting time in and allowing it to kind of pergolate, I wouldn't have gotten to the product I'm walking away with from this weekend. There are so many other 
beautiful people around that are also mostly strangers to me, although not not after these couple of days, but to look at what I had created without it, even it being finished. And what came out of their mouth was the word connection. And so as for as much as I communicate with others in my personal and professional worlds, the idea that I was able to create something and I would, didn't have to say anything and the other person was able to pick up on what I was trying to communicate. Honestly, I think I really had started to tear up. Thanks, Zach, for being so generous with your time and, and expertise and the way you walk through the world to help people learn from themselves and from you. Hey, Zach, the story of why I decided to cut up my quilt. When we first had to pick out our four squares, I was a bit overwhelmed. There were too many choices for me, which is something I always experience. Even when I go shopping, too many choices, I shut down. So at that point, I just picked out fabric and went through the motions, sat down and started to try to work with the fabric and ended up making the flowers that you saw, which were fine, but they weren't really what I was hoping to get out of the weekend. It was just like an old basic applique. So I kept trying to add things to try to make the quilt more interesting. And the more I walked around and the more I tried, I realized that the quilt was just not cutting it, no pun intended. So we went to bed and I kind of, Ron and I were talking about the experience and how great it was seeing everybody's vision. And a light bulb went on and I said, I was supposed to use this foundation fabric and use other fabrics to create texture and interest and color. And mine really didn't do that. So I said, I'm gonna go home. I'm not gonna really love this quilt. And you had mentioned earlier in the night, kidding around, cut it up. So I said, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cut this up which then I, at that point I had my mind made up and I wanted it done. So that's when I came up with scissor in hand and everybody took a part in cutting it up. Once it was cut up, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? So at that point I said, I need to get this top back together and I fell into my comfortable zone and got in there and started free motioning everything together. Wasn't in love with the quilt, took it home, finished it, and now, the more I look at that quilt, the more I like it. It was a great learning experience. It was uncomfortable and overwhelming and frustrating. And I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad that you planted the seed to cut it up because I love the quilt now. I think it's interesting and fun and, you know, weird. So thank you. So when I think about the inner work of textiles, what I keep coming back to is their absolute universality. The very act of making cloth, going back to the literal dawn of time, is more or less a universal human endeavor. It's truly one of the first big technological advances in human history and has also been an ongoing driver of technology pretty much through the entire span of human existence all over the world. We all need cloth and that need drives technological innovation and has also been the thing that drives trade routes and economies and by extension politics and wars and in so many ways is the economic force that brings humans into contact with each other. And because it's so universal, we all come to fabric with an innate understanding of the way it behaves and the way it holds shapes and smells and ideas. Literally everyone has a relationship with fabric. So as an artist, it's a really fascinating medium from that standpoint. And beyond that, and probably even because of that, so many of the metaphors, of our metaphors, are 
bound up in cloth. We speak of lives and stories and time as threads. And what is fabric, if not like a series of enmeshed threads, which in itself is a metaphor. Knit fabric is a thread looped back on itself. Woven fabric is many threads enmeshed together and can both can be an entire whole entity in themselves and also still be picked apart into the individual component threads. And when you have that fabric, it wraps around things and covers them up and is sheer, porous or not. And the layers of metaphor just in the material itself are just endless. So for me as an artist, fabric as a medium has all of that already coded into it before I even start manipulating it to tell a visual or a tactile story. And then there's this other piece for me, which is that I am best able to pay attention to either my own thoughts or to conversations or meetings or something on television or something else I need to listen to or be attentive to um, when my hands are busy. So working with fabric and thread and needle, which all have those embedded metaphors already in them, is also literally the best way I know how to access my own brain in a useful way. And that feels like an interesting story all in itself. Jeff Thomas, San Francisco. I find that working with cloth has revealed that, in general, I still have a hard time conveying something deeper and more powerful through these media. I can do it through writing, and that's sort of the, my go-to. But when it comes to textiles, I am struggling with that. So I think that's actually my journey, is to figure out how to use textiles not just for to make something that's visually pleasing, but for it to convey a deeper message. Hi, Zach. It's Christina. I'm from Rochester, New York. And I think I'm going to answer the question, what is the inner work of cloth for you? And to answer that, I need to go back a little. When I was younger, when I had a different lifestyle, I thought I was going to be a writer. Um, and I wrote a lot. Every day it was practice, it was habit, it was all those things. And then some things shifted in my life, some pretty substantial life changes and losses and gains. And what I found was that I started making quilts, baby quilts for friends, because I figured out how to do it. And over the years, I've been slowly growing been a little exponential in the last few years. Thanks, Zach, for the nook. And what I'm discovering is that what it, what cloth does for me that writing doesn't is that even though I'm not writing, I'm doing a lot of storytelling and talking with people in my work as a counselor. And so when I get home, I don't want to write anyone else's story. But what I can do is make quilts. I can make things that have the secret stories, secret nonverbal stories that happen. And they can be moments and they can be metaphors and they can be all kinds of things. And what's fascinating to me is that they don't have to be known by the receiver or the user or the viewer of the object. I trust that part of the process is that they take it with them. Say I gift a quilt or they'd see it and they look at it for a while. They're going to take their own spoken, nonverbal knowledge of that thing and take it with them. And it will be informed by my story, but I don't have to tell them what to think or what's supposed to happen. And I think that's where I had gotten caught up when I was writing was 
I was trying to control too many people, right? I was trying to control the characters and I was trying to control my audience and I was trying to control myself and that was not working. But now I can make something that is tactile and useful and probably pleasant to look at, whether it's because it's beautiful or because it's quirky or whatever it is. And that moment continues for people in ways that I can't control. And I think that's good for me. I think I, there's a lot of nonverbal things that I cannot yet access. And I suspect I will be at some point as I continue through my journey of really testing myself with textiles, with sewing, with making. And I think the making is probably the word that I like the best because I don't consider myself an artist. I don't consider myself a craftsperson. I just make stuff because they need to be made. So that's what goes on for me. And I think that's it. So thank you so much for this huddle, for the nook, for creating community. I think that what has gone so far beyond what any of us expected. So anyway, that's the story. Thanks. Start it? Yeah, okay. let's just start it. All right, this is Maddie from Toronto. This is Sherry from Chicago. We're answering some questions for Seamside. Yeah, so I, we just finished up our show and tell. Yeah. So I have a lot of reflections that are related to what people shared mm -hmm. during that. And just like in general, it reminds me of seeing how different people approach the process differently. Mm -hmm. It makes me think about how working with fabric and creating quilts, which is like such a slow process and working, I thought that had an impression of my own process as being iterative. Mm, yeah. But also I think it's really hard to be iterative with fabric, especially when you're trying to make something quickly. But I feel like so many people here just went to it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's what they're like all the time. But I found that really cool to mm -hmm. see the different, you're right, that the different ways people worked mm -hmm. was so fascinating. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm someone who, like, I want to have a plan and I want to have control. And mm -hmm. I do see me working with fabric and working improvisationally. Mm -hmm. And I see that as a cathartic and a, a way to try to get out of that and to not have to be more having a direction instead of a plan mm -hmm. but i think coming away from here mm -hmm. i'm going to try to yeah know, yeah i'm gonna try to just as an experiment not yeah. necessarily because yeah just to see what it's one like way, not that one way is better no. or anything but it's it inspires me to try that to push myself yeah. further into something that is less controlled. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. so opposite. And I remember just being in school and you have to have a process where you have to show all your process. And I was like, my process is just throwing stuff down and just doing it and being like, I don't know, the process is in the creation. But I've always admired people who are able to go in with a plan and who are able to like, you like you can see the beginning, you can see changes because you might not stick with whatever plan or everything you've, you've started with. But yeah, I don't know. I like seeing the different versions of that, of those who maybe started with a plan and then literally cut it up. Yeah, it's been a big thing I've taken away is just being so inspired from how others work. It's mm -hmm. been really nice. I think many quilters, but many other people who work with textiles probably tend to work independently right now. 
And I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it's great to have an independent practice. But quilting specifically is a community-based thing. It's mm-hmm. something people for so long would do while they're just chatting with their friends or they'd work on quilts together. And I think it's such a foundational part of quilts or a foundational part of textiles. And it's been it's really cool to come back to that in, in a more modern way. We're not all working on a quilt together, but to have all of these critiques and then also to just chat. It's mm-hmm. just it feels like a coming home or it feels such an inspirational way to do it for me. And then also, I just really want to take that away from here and just remember how almost like life-giving it was to do these sorts of things and how I want to bring that into my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I love like sitting, even if you're working on independent projects, if you're sitting and having a conversation while you're working, I feel like there's just a concentration that is happening Mm -hmm. that it, I feel like it just puts some magic it really into does. the conversations and yeah. I really feel like it draws people together. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Hi, this is Ronnie from The Huddle. I wanted to talk about what the inner work of cloth meant to me. I had started out making a quilt that looked pretty or creative or interesting, but it really didn't have that much significance to me. And then I got inspired by Zach's quilts, his beautiful knife man quilt and the other uh, t-shirt quilts. Quilt said had a deeper meaning, something that was maybe painful and an issue that you had to address to get off your chest, put it down into cloth and transform the cloth with your stitches. So I ended up making a second quilt, a lot smaller than the first one. And it was for a personal relationship I have with my son. He has never really come out to me. So it's my way of acknowledging my love for him as a mom or any parent, I assume. You want your kid to just have a great life, just to be happy and fulfill whatever their destiny is. I thank you for inspiring me, Zach. You really did a lot for me. Broke me out of conventional mold of just making an acceptable, aesthetically pleasing quilt and maybe do some more digging, you know, to the deeper subjects and making a quilt that touched my emotions, obviously. And you changed me. This is Nathasia. I would be different if I never started working with cloth. And that's because I basically used to think it in a very linear fashion, it was either up or down. It was either straight or narrow. I wasn't thinking about the curves. I wasn't thinking about drawing outside the lines. I wasn't thinking about doing things differently. I basically did what the textbooks told me to do and do the things that I was taught. However, working with cloth changed me because it taught me that I don't have to stay within the lines, that I can be creative. I can do things differently. I can break the rules. But of course, first you have to know the rules in order to break them. I found that I enjoy working this way. I enjoy the process of being intuitive. It's very important to me. And had I not started working with cloth, I don't think that transformation would have happened. And I thank Zach so much 
for this incredible weekend because I worked with fabrics that I never dreamed that I would be working with, like that sequin fabric. And it there was a, I think it was like a knitted piece that I, I sewed onto the quilt and just all types of different fabrics other than the cottons that I was taught to, to work with in quilting. In traditional quilting, we were taught no polyester, no silk, no this, no that, only cotton. But that, that got boring. And this has taught me just go for the art. Go for how, sew the way you feel. Put passion behind your work. Do what you can do and then do more. And this weekend has taught me that I have to get out of the box, so to speak, and just just create. And I'll be doing that from now on. Now I'm putting shiny things on my work. I'm using more embellishments. And I'm really going to town, so to speak. So I thank you for that, for giving me the opportunity to really come out of my creative shell and to just create and just be. And I appreciate that. I appreciate all of my Quilty Nook friends. And I look forward to more sewing circles and I look forward to the next huddle. All right, now you all have a good day. See y'all real soon. Bye. I hope you heard in one or more of those stories, something of your own creative practice and your own creative journey. And I also hope that one day you'll consider joining us for a huddle. They will definitely happen again because I think it was uh, roundly agreed upon that the huddle was a full-blown dreamy success. And so we're already taking a look at what might be other sites for future huddles. We're thinking maybe Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, Austin, Miami. I mean, we've got Nook folks all over the world. So we're going to start domestic and then we'll think about heading out to the UK or maybe down to Australia. If you want to be the first to know when we decide on the location for Nook Huddle number two, make sure you're on my mailing list. You can find my newsletter link in the show notes below. And as soon as I know something, you'll know something. Until then, I hope you're up to something good. I hope you're sewing something good. And I hope to see you soon, maybe on the Nook. Who knows? So here I am a week later after the the huddle is over. I'm back in Chicago. I've been back at work and just reflecting on my experience at the Quilting Nook Huddle in Catskill. And I'm thinking about the things I had reservations about and the things I was excited about. I was so excited about going to a place where I get to spend four nights in a beautiful location, not caring if it was raining or snowing because I had no plans and I would just be sewing the whole time and so would over 20 other people. And I knew that since we all knew Zach, Zach had already brought us all together, that we would all get along, but most of us had never met each other in person. And the biggest reservation I had was just self-care. I'm someone who needs a lot of alone time when I sew because that is my only alone time. So it's maybe the reason I started sewing as an escape. And so I was nervous, like, well, what if I need some quiet? But it just, there were so many places for me to get that. And then there were so many times when I was just super nourished by conversations. Something I was really surprised about was just noticing how 
I have worked over the last few years and why I make so much work is because I get so excited to start quilting something. So I crank out a piece by hand and then I start quilting it right away because I'm so excited to move on. Well, for the quilting nook, huddle, I only took a personal item. I wanted to save money for the flight. So I had just a backpack. So this meant I didn't want to deal with quilt batting. And so while I would have probably moved on and quilted the next one during the time period we had, because we did have, you know, over four days to work nonstop, I just kept working and adding and adding to just the one quilt top. So it is so maximalist, which is something I have explored before. But this is just so extra and I'm very excited about it. And I see so many of the conversations I had while I was sitting around with everyone sewing in different parts of the quilt. There's all these little communities of shapes in different areas. And that is really special. And I know that this quilt was started when I was waiting at the airport in Chicago. And it was it ended right before I left for the airport and then fly home to Chicago. I love how the time that I spent on the quilt is is just captured exactly in this piece. Except for the quilting, I still am going to quilt it, but it'll forever be a memory of just like this unique group of people that just happened to come together for this these four nights. And we'll probably never all be just that group in one room ever again, which is kind of an interesting way to think of it. Really special.